Uh, I've had two senior moments this morning. Number one, I forgot something, I had to go home. And uh, then I realised I'd left something else downstairs. So, well, uh, we've made it. It's great to be in our community service uh, because um, <clears throat> one of the words that describes church is community. And um, it brings a sense of togetherness. <clears throat> Let's get fitter, just run up those stairs. <clears throat> That's the little phrase I want us to think about for the next few minutes. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now, this verse is found in the New Testament of the Bible, and its immediate context has absolutely nothing to do with Christmas. Um, But it seems a very appropriate verse for our Christmas community service for us to think about as boys and girls, young people, men and women, parents, as we approach this wonderful season of the year. The context sits at the end of a couple of chapters where the Apostle Paul has been writing to the church in Corinth and encouraging their generosity. He's championed that cause, he's commended it, and he's called them to give out of what they've got to help other people. Here we are 2,000 years later and absolutely nothing has changed. Because the uncomfortable truth for Arena Church is that several years ago, as Christian was saying, we went on this journey with an increasing realization that people on the doorstep of our church were in need. And uh, we believe in sharing and talking and preaching and teaching and communicating. But we also believe because the Bible teaches us to do this, to do, to serve, to love, to go, to share, to give out of what we've got to people that have got nothing. And we love to do that into Africa and Europe and the continents of the earth, but we don't want to do that without missing out on people that are very, very close to where we live. And so today, God calls us again to give out of what we've got to bless other people. And in the light of that, in the light of his indescribable gift, how can we do anything less? That gift at Christmas time expresses itself Through God's love in the babe Jesus, he came to the earth in humility and meekness. I suppose the frustration with Western church Christ followers, of which we're part, is that so often, with respect, we lack in generous living. We've got so much and yet sometimes find it so difficult to give out of what we've got. But the challenge remains exactly the same. How can we live in any other way? So thinking about gifts, this Advent season, this preparation time for Christmas Day, 25th of December, reminds us of love and hope and joy and peace. And I like the fact that Christmas is about gifts. So this was my first gift of Christmas on Monday night. Uh, We had my area team that I have the joy of, of leading and serving with that got together. We just had a fabulous night on Monday. And... uh, we did a uh, <clears throat> secret Santa, thank you, Julie. And uh, so a box of Terry's All Gold, which interestingly were my mom, late mum's favourites, and a CD. I've not eaten them or listened to the CD yet, but no doubt there'll be chance over Christmas time. <clears throat> and I'm glad, friends, that we can take the opportunity at Christmas time to think about giving gifts. Remember, a Christmas card's a gift. An email encouragement's a gift. It really is. It doesn't have to cost a lot. It really doesn't. But taking time intentionally, 
with encouragement selflessly and lovingly to pour out to somebody else is really what Christmas is all about. Of course, times have changed. I was sat with my little, lovely little niece, Bethany, on Friday night saying, Beth, what are you going to get for Christmas? Well, long gone are the days of our day when it was an apple and orange, a coloring book, a selection box, and maybe one other thing in your pillowcase. Can you remember all that? You used to have your name on it. She's going to get a phone for Christmas. She got it all worked out, all that's going to go into it. And times have become more complex with technology. And of course, there are gifts that we often get that aren't particularly practical. They're not palatable. Don't get me anything with nugget in because I don't want to eat it. Okay, so, so, and of course, sometimes they're not wearable. Anybody got one of those jumpers at Christmas time? <laughs> Or that aftershave that you consigned to the dustbin years ago and somebody keeps buying it every year. You're never going to wear it. But some gifts are fantastic. So Sharon bought me this bag last Christmas. And here we are 12 months later and it's still wearing well. It's got marks and everything, but it's doing fantastic. Of course, this bag reminds me of me. It reminds me of the tension of where I live in life. It reminds me that I'm a baby boomer. It reminds me I'm nearly 60 And that I have had to wrestle with this technological revolution that we live with. After And this bag reminds me because I've got one of these. It's got a tablet computer. And I would would now literally, I said to Julie the week, I made a confession. Julie, if I lost this, I would have to get another one. I cannot live without this. But you see, that's all Christian carries. It's all Josh carries. But I, I can't give myself away to that because what if the battery runs out? What if it, so I've got to have a Bible as well. Even though the Bible's on there, I've got to have a diary as well. Even though the diary's on there, I've got to have a journal as well. Even though I can put notes on there, I've got to have a notebook as well. I carry all these things around me because I cannot give myself away to this. The battery does run out occasionally. (laughs) If you catch me in the office occasionally, you'll find me wearing these. I refuse to go public. Okay. (laughs) And the iPad cannot give me this. There's pens in here. There's keys in here. There's a squash ball in here. It's not a lucky charm. But it's a reminder of the principle of resiliency. See, every time you press this thing, it comes back to its original shape, which is what the definition of resiliency is. So whatever has come to me in 2013, whether it be criticism, whether it be discouragement, whether it be somebody disagreeing, whether it be somebody saying this, God wants me to keep bouncing back to the shape that he's intended me to be, that I might be what he has called me to be. As for me, so for you. And so it goes on. So it's a great gift, and it's going to last, well, at least another year. And as we think about gifts this morning, I want to talk about three things. I'm just going to give you three points. As we thank God for this indescribable gift. Number one, it's a gift for the whole world, and yet just for you. <clears throat> Isaac, I wonder if you'd come and help me, please. And Lilia, would you mind as well? I just want you to hold something on. And Andy, if you could stand at that end. <clears throat> thank you. <clears throat> because... I want Isaac and Lilia. Isaac, if you'll stand there, mate. 
And Lily, if you'll come here. I want you to hold that nice and high. Because on the 12th of March 2012, the world's population went through 7 billion people. That's seven with nine zeros. That's 7,000 million people. Now, the statisticians tell us that if we counted every number in between one and seven billion, it would take us 30 years. They also tell us that if we counted backwards seven billion seconds, it would take us to 1789. Dr. Ruiz just walked through the room. And, (laughs) And if we took seven billion steps, it would take us around the circumference of the equator 106 times. That is a The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. But then we've got one. It's Andy, it's me, it's Julie, it's Christian, it's Caroline. It's all of us around this room. See, seven billion, it's pretty easy for us to get lost. And there are lots of lonely people in those billions, of course. But what about one? And there's a cliche that used to be prayed in churches often on a Sunday morning, our type of church, when there was often room for people to take part, in quotes. There was lots of confession of unworthiness. But one of the things that used to, you people used to say was, if I was the only person that needed saving, Jesus, you would have still come as a gift. And like most cliches, one game at a time, don't get ahead of yourself. All those sorts of things. Most cliches are true. And the reality is this, God loves 7 billion people in the earth today. But if you were the only person that had failed and let him down and been separated from his love, he would have come just for you. And I find that there are lots of people in the world today that don't believe that they're special, that don't believe that they're unique, and that don't believe that they're precious. But I want to tell you that whatever anybody said about you, whatever anybody's put on you, however anybody's tried to define you, The amazing gift of Christmas is that in the billions, it's all about you. Thanks. Thank you. Secondly, it's a gift that costs God everything and costs us nothing. See, lots of people want to do things for God. And the important thing is that whilst we want to do things for God, that will never get us to God. Getting to God starts with a recognition of your inner bankruptcy. That the fact that you have absolutely nothing to give to him and can do nothing about your inward state. And that's where God comes in. Because in grace, he sent Jesus to the earth. And what does grace mean? Grace means undeserved favor. I've got a little quote at home that reminds us that grace pays the bill. And it defines a situation that has only ever happened to me once. I was meeting a colleague for a meeting in Bella Italia down at the corner pit in Nottingham. And we were having the meal, and I saw somebody else cry, Hi, how are you doing? And when I got to the till, the waitress says, The bill's already been paid. Now, wouldn't you like that to happen on a regular basis? <laughs> but somehow I thought I wanted to do something about it. No, I want to pay the bill. Well, not really, but I want to pay the bill. It had been completely taken away from me. And the reality is, friends, that our wrong. Our shortcomings from God have raised a bill that we cannot pay. And the indescribable gift comes and says, it's okay. You don't have to pay the bill. 
It's already been paid by Jesus in the power of the cross. It's a gift that costs God everything, his son. And it costs us nothing apart from to receive. And thirdly, it's a gift for now, yet it lasts forever. See, often at Christmas time, we place value on things that are merely temporal. And whilst we love to receive those gifts, even the best gift fades, dims, rusts, diminished. Even the best gift. But the gift of Jesus, it really does last for now, forever. John 17 says that this is eternal life. Not future, but now. We receive something now that lasts forever. It gets better, it gets richer, it gets deeper, it gets wider, it gets stronger, it gets greater. And it takes us into the endless day, to the presence of the Lord, to something that is beyond our imagination, where we can live with him in community forever. I read this quote this week by one of the great women communicators of the Christian church in the 21st century, Christine Kane. And she said these words, So much of what we think matters here, we will discover does not matter there. I want to live here from the perspective of there. And people that live here from the perspective of there are the people that make the difference. Are the people that do acorns? Are the people that give loads of foods? Are the people that feed hungry people with hot meals? Are the people that are impacted in something that touches the now because they've been touched by something that lasts forever? Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This Christmas season, as we enjoy all the blessings of what God is doing, how do we respond? Well, maybe for the first time, to become a Christ follower. So, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life to shape me, to mold me, and to call me to be all that you've intended over me. So I receive the gift. Maybe as a believer, to freshly revere the gift. To not hold it loosely, but to take it right to heart and so bring our worship. And as we've heard this morning in this great service, we also need to reflect the gift. Jesus said, love me, but also love your neighbor. Not just the person next door, but the person in need. As we approach this wonderful time of the year, as we've enjoyed the celebration this morning, as we've been touched by the singing and the songs and the ministry, let's come again and realize that Christmas, in a very genuine way, is all about gifts. And the greatest gift of all is to the whole world, but it's just for you. It costs God everything. And does nothing. It's a gift for now. But it lasts forever. Thanks be to God. For his indescribable gift.